Welcome to the Event Tech Podcast, where we explore the ever-evolving world of event technology every week. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event AV company that doesn't suck. Now, let's talk tech. Welcome back, everybody, to day five of Event Tech Live 2020. And next up, we've got the Event Tech Podcast. This is something I've been looking forward to all week. We've got Will Curran and Brant Kruger joining us now from the other side of the Atlantic. Gentlemen, we're going to bring you in, and hopefully you'll both be able to hear me by the power of technology. Where's Will? There we go. Magical. (laughs) It's incredible. (laughs) The power of technology. (laughs) I love it. Will, great to see you again. You were with us earlier on in the week. Brand, this is your first appearance at Event Tech Live 2020, but we're giving you double the session to deliver the message. We're going to uh, hear from Brand as well, and he's going to be bringing Event Tech Live 2020 to close. But right now, it's time for the Event Tech Podcast. Will, Brand, over to you guys. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, James. And if you want to stick around too, just to uh, help us facilitate some questions, we're in the chat with you guys and we're in the Q and A. But we want to make this an interactive podcast. You know, normally when Brant and I record, we're all by our lonesome selves, just kind of chatting away on technology. But this is going to be one of those times where you get to interact with us live, uh, almost like Brands is bringing you back some like event icons kind of feelings right now. <laughs> it does, and and it's 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 infinitely better than just us blathering on uh, on, on any particular topic. You know, it's funny. Uh, I've had a couple of presentations today, and uh, it's if you want to make the tech person's day, tell them you don't have any slides. Uh, because that's <laughs> the, the responses that I get where they're like, So, do you have any slides? I'm like, No. Uh, are you going to do any breakout rooms? No. Uh, you know, what, it's, 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 and they're just like, Oh, thank goodness. Oh, thank goodness. Something it's, it's, totally it's different. That, by the way, that's the smoggy Will Curran over there. Oh, and that is over there, the private Brant Kruger. Uh, for anyone ah, who see? doesn't subscribe, it's actually accurate. It's accurate if you think about it. I mean, especially with the whole Apple-Google changeover thing, you know? Yeah, yep. um, but <laughs> for those who have never listened to our podcast before, we always randomly generate an adjective to describe each other beforehand. So if you haven't yet, go subscribe, eventtechpodcast.com. We'd love to have you as a listener. But in the chat right now, if you're watching this, Post a chat message. Let us know you're live. We want to give you guys shout outs, but also send us over your questions. Uh, if not, Brent and I are just going to kind of talk about what happened in event tech this last week and all the fun things as well. So, um, yeah, yeah, I guess while we're waiting for some questions to kind of come in, Brent, what's 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 on your mind? Well, for, I mean, first of all, I think, you know, for anyone who hasn't subscribed and hasn't been listening to the show, um, you know, we should talk a little bit probably about what it is. Uh, um, oh, yeah, and, and the fact that we, we, we kind of took off uh, the summer for a little while there. So it's, um, you know, we, when did we start this? So it's this, this particular, we've known each other for a while now, but this particular podcast was about, what, a year and a half ago? Yeah, a year and a half or so with? now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, more than a year ago, for sure. And, and, you know, we, we were trying, we wanted to do a podcast specific to event technology. Um, and we, uh, you know, tried to come up with a bunch of different names. I think at one point you and I had a list of like a hundred different names of oh, what yeah, the podcast right. could be. And we kept coming back to, oh man, I just wish we could call it the event tech podcast. But there was a guy that had already done one called the event tech podcast. And uh, we were just like, well, let's just ask him. And he was, it was John Federico and he was kind enough to, uh, uh, give us the name and give us the website and all that kind of stuff just uh, out of a, literally the kindness of his heart. Um, so that's how the, this podcast was born. Will um, 
Uh, Will and I, like I said, have known each other for a while. Uh, I'm based out of Minneapolis, Minnesota. I'm a, a event technical producer. Um, uh, there, freelance, uh, worked for a uh, uh, corporate event company for the better part of 18 years before that. And Will uh, has been doing events since he was like 11. <laughs> exactly. Yes. 17 technically, but yeah, technically, I mean, if okay. you count the time I set, I put the speak computer speakers out on my like windowsill and played for the people that were walking by the street and, you know, eventually like DJed for a couple of random people. I guess that counts as an event, right? Well, if we're going to do that, then we get to count my, my, my glorious high school theater career. Uh, so, you know, if that's, if that's counted, if that counts as events, uh, then I've been doing events uh, since uh, HMS Pinafore in middle school at about sixth grade. Oh, dang it. Are we really competing now to who did it earlier than in their lives? It, it, so it was funny. So like yesterday was my birthday. Um, and so every year I post a picture of like, me in the past right and usually try to like dig up some like gem that no one's ever seen before and i found this picture of a, a retreat that i was technically producing now that i like think about it but it's this picture of me like hovering over laptop pointing i got my like radio on my set you know i got my badge and you know it's funny that like i never thought of myself as an event professional at that time i was just like always like a dj or like you know something like that or i just like really enjoy like the rush of like running around at events but it, it is crazy how uh how long we've been doing this now. <laughs> it, it is. It is. And, you know, obviously crazy is definitely the word for the better part of the last eight months. And so as, you know, as things started to lock down in, you know, hey, we've been doing this podcast. We did it for about a year. Uh, you know, things were things were rolling along well. And it was, you know, like like all of us uh, in the events industry, you know, come end of February, March, uh, early June, it was one of those things where just all of a sudden all the in-person business vaporized over the course of two weeks. Uh, I'm starting to go, OK, well, you know, working at Home Depot doesn't sound too bad. Uh, I like <laughs> power tools. I could I could probably do that. Um and, uh, you know, but both of us then, uh, I think it's fair to say, you know, refocused and, and, mm -hmm. and went into, okay, what can we do? What can we do to help our clients? What can we do to, to help folks out there? And, you know, you, I know you started proactively reaching out to your production clients and saying, hey, let us help you take this thing online so that you're not doing it by yourself. And I think that um, is, was huge uh, because so many planners felt obligated to, to pick things up and put them on their shoulders uh, when this all went down and being able to actively help folks. And so on, and then on my side, I worked with uh, uh, Event Leadership Institute and MPI uh, to put together a six-week six course on producing online events uh, that, you know, it was, I, I continually describe it as being shot out of a cannon and building an airplane um, because we literally in eight weeks built a six week course on doing virtual events. Um, so it was, it was really, really um, a rewarding, incredible experience. And then we've, you know, we've, we, we've been pushing through uh, students ever since. And so being a part of their journey, being able to help them bring the stuff online, bring their events online has been incredibly rewarding for me. And so it's really only been, that's a long way of saying that it's really only been within the last, couple of weeks that we've been able to actually get back to this podcast because both you and I yeah, have just totally. been like, you know, head down, gun, laser gun focused, forward, head down, laser focused. And so, and being able to uh, appear on events like this one, um, I came literally from uh, WEC. Uh, so and imagine, so just, just put yourself in, in this position in January. All right. You know, so, so think back, it's simultaneously forever ago 
and not that long ago. <laughs> but think back to January. So think about what I just said. I just literally finished speaking at a conference. I walked eight feet over and now I'm speaking at a different conference. Um, uh, that's incredible. That's amazing. Yeah. And I think, we're, you know, we're, we're so caught up in, in, in the, the, the very real tragedy of people being out of work, the very real tragedy of people literally losing their lives. Um, but there's also anytime there's adversity, anytime there's tragedy, there's opportunity. And I, I, I really do believe that the industry is going to come out in many ways transformed forever and in many ways for the good uh, as we come out of this. Because as we start to discover oh, wow, now I don't have to choose between going to WEC in Grapevine and going to Event Tech Live in, you know, at the Old Truman. Now, I still want to do that, Adam. So I really hope someday I can come, we're waiting, I Adam. Can come to the Old Truman. Uh, what's that? <laughs> As if we're waiting, Adam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I still, I still really want to do that. But I mean, just think about that fact, though. Just the, the ability to be able to do that is, I think, incredible because it opens us it opens us up to new audiences. It opens up new audiences to your events. And so the opportunity is tremendous uh, at this point. I've been blathering. So, uh, you know, what did you do with your no, summer vacation? Well, <laughs> it, well, I think you bring up a good point, too, that like it's also creates this um, complexity for attendees also to choose, like, how do you attend all these things? Like everyone was famous for like the first like couple weeks of March was being on like 32 webinars in a day and that sort of thing. So we have to be not only comparatively for us as planners and as speakers and all those things like that, but also thinking about our attendees too. But yeah, summer for me was just business, 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 business stuff for me mainly. Um, but yeah, I think, well, I think we talked about it a little bit in a couple episodes ago on the podcast. So I'll tell people to go listen to that story over there on, on the event tech podcast.com, but I actually have a really good question for you. That's kind of related. Yeah. what did you do over the summer? Um, is what's like one skill that you picked up during COVID that like, you now are so happy that you did now in this new world that we live in, um, like related to event tech, I guess, specifically. Um, a couple different things. So one is uh, I've spent a good chunk of time trying to find the least expensive, best looking, best sounding uh, stuff. Um, so I've been I've been buying a lot of twenty dollar USB headsets on Amazon, and most of them are terrible. <laughs> but you know, in a pinch, uh, you know they're they're better than uh, AirPods uh, most of the time. So it's you know, and people ask us about uh, you know what are our recommendations for? I mean we should probably do an Amazon like uh, referral code at some point for, for all the, you know, for all the Logitech cameras that I've, I've sold. Check the at link this in the description. Yeah. 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 Um, so that's one is, is, is learning how to do a lot of this stuff on a dime. I mean, uh, I was telling the story earlier at the other session that, you know, early on in the pandemic, I'd reach out to AV companies and be like, okay, guys, I need, I need a, a couple of lights. I need a, a camera and a decent microphone and I need to be able to ship it to a presenter. Uh, what can you do for me? And they're like, uh, yeah, we got, we got 10 grand. It's like, no, no. Okay. What? <laughs> no. And because they're trying to send like a broadcast camera, a production switcher, uh, you know, a couple of like Lecos on timbers. And it's like, so they, <laughs> you know, they were really overbuilt. 
um, you know, for, for our live events and not able to easily transition downward, especially since you couldn't get any of that gear early on, uh, you know, the, the, the HD cameras and all that kind of stuff. And so, you know, that's something that now those companies are starting to be able to do. So they're starting, you're starting to see more and more of these kits being put together. The other thing just in general is I'm having to learn a lot more about cameras. It was something that I was always interested in, but literally have been saving for retirement. Like I, 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 I could really go down the rabbit hole on photography if I let myself. Um, yeah, but I, I sure. and every time I start to get that itch, I'm just like, nope, nope, nope. But, you know, as in, you know, I was, as a, I now had an excuse to buy a DSLR camera and, you know, all this kind of stuff uh, as I'm starting to play around with that stuff. So I'm still really just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to cameras and learning more about them. But that's, that's a, a decent amount what I've been trying to figure out as well. Ooh, interesting. How about um, you? Yeah. I, well, I'll definitely say that learn, knowing a little bit about cameras, like obviously like I, I really picked up on it when we started doing whiteboard Wednesday was like the first kickoff for me, like in try a uh, video series for anyone who doesn't know that we, that I had to learn a lot about cameras, like ISO and things like that. And I had to really teach myself a lot about video. Then I decided around that same time that I was going to start a vlog, like a daily, like Nick Casey Neistat level vlog, which by the way, still exists on YouTube. So you can always feel free to search me and see day in the life of will. But I had to learn so much, yeah, ISO, shutter speed, aperture, and that became so helpful during all this because people all the time ask me about like, you know, what lens I'm using, what camera I'm using right now to do this whole setup. And like, I wouldn't have known any of that, um, I know what to buy, know what to switch set up and all that sort of stuff if it wasn't for, for that fact. So I can definitely preach on like understanding basics of photography and videography on a mirrorless DSLR camera. So good skill to have for me. Um, what did I learn? Well, the boring thing I learned was a lot about like data privacy and data protection stuff. Um, so like we basically, you know, before all this happened, you know, our clients were the, were the, um, what were called like basically the collectors of all the data. Well now like we are as companies. So like I really had to build an entire data protection arm of the company. So I learned so much like that whole industry is mind blowing when it comes to it. So I knew like a lot enough to be like, Hey, here's the basics of what you need to do. But like, you know, understanding like what version of Google Workplace or G Suite, as it used to be called, um, should we be using? What version of Slack should we be using? What What's considered a data breach? All those things like that was really interesting to me. Um, what else did I learn how to do? Um, I learned how to get really good at Call of Duty Warzone, which is what I do in my free time now on weekdays is playing video games. Um, and then I think the last thing was I also had to tap into a lot of my like old school HTML web skills that I had, you know, like, uh, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm really comfortable in WordPress and, you know, doing what you see is what you get. And I understand some basics about HTML, but like I was working on some events when we were like, you know, hitting our capacity and we're at our busiest hours of the day. And like teams were like, Hey, we need to help build out exhibit booths. And I'm like, open bracket table equals with equals 100%, you know, close bracket TR, TD, you know, like all those things like that, or something's broken and someone's like, Hey, I don't know what's going on. Why does this look weird? And I'd be like hopping in code and like fixing code um, and things like that. But that was like also a really good skill. Like the MySpace, like build your profile and like Lisa explains it all skills I learned in middle school, like really paid off during a lot of this too. So it was just funny how they're like, I, other than the data protection thing, um, and focusing on strategy more, um, you know, I was very much, uh, uh, I felt like I retapped into some old skills that I didn't know I would ever use directly with clients again. 
So uh, just a um, reminder, if you're joining us live, please feel free to drop your questions in the chat. Um, Will and I are perfectly capable of filling more than an hour uh, just yammering at each other, <laughs> but I would definitely much rather uh, address any specific questions that you guys have about event technology. We get asked all the time about platforms, about cameras, about lighting, all of those kinds of things. Um, and we uh, will be trying to dedicate more and more episodes uh, of, of the show to those specific topics uh, as well as we, as we kind of get back into things. And James, feel free to come in and just like interrupt us and ask questions that you know you're seeing or anything like that too. So yeah, dead on. We're, at, we're at, always happy to do it. Like J James is also a master, amazing podcaster. So I know that he's got tons of questions as well. <laughs> All right. Some may say some may just some may say just completely full of BS rather than master podcaster. <laughs> There's things that maybe rhyme with master podcaster that people have called me in the past, but. Uh, beautiful statistics, right? That's what that's you're full of beautiful statistics. Beautiful, yeah, yeah something like that. Yeah, I, I am going to crash this, but but in a sort of slightly yeah. different way. Yes, inevitably, I've got questions and stuff that I always like to ask. But I do remember that you were kind enough last year to come on the Event Industry News podcast as guests of with Event Industry News podcast. I remember saying at the time that I would very much like to reciprocate uh, that and be a guest on yours at some point. And of course, who would have foreseen what would have happened then? <laughs> In the intervening, I totally months. forgot about that. We've been like wanting to put you on the show for so long, and I just realized like this just like inevitably just happened on its own. So, 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 so what, you so, said, uh, wait, you I'm, set up a whole conference just so we you could be a guest on our podcast. Wow, absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's my reward for standing here for five days and 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 and, and sort of link, linking the bits and pieces together. No, but but seriously, you know, we, we've. We've learned so much this week, you know, and, and, and I'm in a position now on Friday afternoon that I absolutely wasn't in on Monday morning. You know, we did, we did all the usual sort of prep, all the emails went out, you know, we had to d learn a completely new set of protocols, uh, develop new written guidance, new ways of communicating with people. I said to somebody earlier that we've probably exchanged triple the amount of communications with our speakers and panelists for this event than we would normally do for the live event, just because of how much stuff you've got to tell them and brief them on. Um, and I'm, I I'm by no means any form of expert, I would dispel that myth or, or that thing completely in that direction but I can confidently say as can the rest of the team that after five days of doing our first virtual event we're in a better place and we've just learned more just by listening to guys like you and all of our other panelists so um, yeah I just wanted to throw that in there because I'm sure everybody's in the same boat at the moment yeah well thank you I mean yeah the, uh, the fact that people are find us helpful is amazing sorry go ahead Brad <laughs> No, no, it's, 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 you know, it's one of the things, Will, that you and I have been talking about is that uh, people are being forced to become experts in a lot of these things. And it's, it's, it's causing, um, you know, uh, we were joking about it, I think literally just yesterday, uh, that, uh, you know, you imagine going to a conference as a breakout speaker or something like that, and just walking into the room and people are like, okay, so uh, the screens over in that case over there, uh, the microphones, I think are in that rolling cart, uh, by the way, the drape kits over there. Um, and, uh, 
you might want to set up a couple of lights as well. Uh, so I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll let you do that. And I'll be back in 20 minutes to make sure that you're all set. You know, I mean, but that's literally what we're asking our presenters to do right now is be responsible for all of their own AV, uh, you know, in the setup for, you know, we were doing the test calls for this show. And here I am someone who supposedly is good at this stuff. Um, and I had all kinds of technical issues on my end. You know, it was just the, the moon and the stars and Jupiter were aligned in a way that, you know, I could see Will, but then he couldn't see me and then I could hear him, but he couldn't hear me. And so so much of this is getting pushed down onto our presenters, onto our attendees, that we do have to over-communicate. You're absolutely right that, you know, it's, it's even more important to have those rehearsals. It's even more important to have those, those speaker prep calls and, and really go through all of this stuff uh, at a fine level because of, you know, because of the fact that there's a good chunk of it that's out of our control, all we can do is try and mitigate uh, as much as possible the, the in-between that we can control. Yeah. I'd go along with that completely, Brand. You know, that's exactly what we've experienced this week. You know, we've we've tried to, or we have, we have definitely engaged people. You know, we've put together guidance documents. You know, we've used the tools at our disposal. We've used the Lineup Ninja platform, which has been invaluable to us. You know, we've merged that through Koalander and into GCal to communicate with speakers. We've sent out, as I said, written guidance documents telling them when, how, where, what they need, all the rest of it. And one thing's for certain that if you are communicating with over 100 speakers for any event, virtual or live, then only there will always be a percentage of those speakers that won't read that guidance. You know, they will scan mm -hmm. over it. Mm -hmm. They won't read it. They will dial in two minutes beforehand. They won't send the PowerPoint presentations. And that's not me having a dig in, in any way at all at those, but that's just inevitable. That's what happens. It's what would happen in a live show. So we had to accept that that's probably what was going to happen with the percentage of, of guests and speakers in the virtual world, you know, um, and again, mm -hmm. that's a huge learning curve. And what I would hope is that those people who have come on as panelists and guests who maybe have left it to the last minute to click the link to join, who haven't been able to do a rehearsal, um, may now realize in hindsight and, and understand why that's so important and what impact it potentially has to a virtual event. Well, you bring up such a good point, too, that like, you know, a lot of these virtual events are having so many speakers because now we have access to so many more people. Before, your speakers would be the people who are willing to already fly out there, the people that you could afford to fly there, um, the people that you put up in. So it limited, naturally, a budget for you had for speakers, um, you know, unless like every single person was going to pay for their own ticket and things like that, right? And that maybe increased your amount of people speaking. But like before, now you have access to so many more people. So people are like, well, let's just like, bury people in content and it's like well you're like yeah this totally sounds good 100 100 sessions we can do this and then like the week comes and you're like i'm never doing that many sessions ever again yeah yeah, so, yeah. What, so, yeah what we've my, realized my ankle. No, 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 what we've realized is that actually yes you're right you know we're never doing that again we will do inevitably we'll put ourselves through exactly the same ringer next year i've no doubt about it but we will have learned from this year's experience and we'll tweak next year's you know nobody's ever perfect you can always refine you can always improve um but one thing that we've realized is that we've needed i think that that five days and we've just been saying it in the last hour when adam was on here just having a quick chat with me that people dip in and out of a virtual event. They don't come and engage for eight hours like they would do if they walk through the door of an exhibition center or an expo hall at 9 a.m. and leave at 5 a.m. They don't commit that same 
presence to the event mm -hmm. because they're not physically there, which means you have to mm -hmm. also adapt to the fact that they will be dipping in and out of whatever work commitments they've got there and then. Um, so you have to, ex I think you have to extend the life, the lifespan of that particular event to account for people coming in and out when it suits them. Definitely, definitely. I think it, like we've always talked about like maybe shorter but multiple days amount of content. Um, one of the things I think I'm noticing recently though is even though you do that, what happens is someone gets a conflict and boom, they went from like, oh, I'm only missing an hour of the whole conference to now like I'm missing the whole day's worth of content on it too, which is really interesting to me too. I like I think everyone's going to figure out the best solutions and you know what goes in, but you know I think one of the things is too is we'll also see that there's going to be some conferences that might not make it through this tech changeover and they might just not exist after this. And so you know like the best are going to rise up to the top and continue to grow mm -hmm. from there. Brand, what do you think about the um, the, the, the new uh, opportunities that are presented to organizers who want to launch brand new events that have never existed in the physical realm before and launch them purely for the digital realm? I think there's a ton of opportunity. Uh, it's, it's, you know, there's an opportunity, um, you know, anytime, anytime there's struggle, anytime there's, uh, you know, adversity, there's an opportunity to come out stronger. And I think I do, I do honestly believe that events are going to come out stronger uh, eventually. Unfortunately, there's going to be a lot of pain between now and then. But it's, it's one of those things that, um, so starting something fresh, uh, or just completely rethinking your current event, it's an, beautiful opportunity to do that right now. Right now, your audiences are still fairly forgiving. I mean, they were in the beginning, especially. Uh, we're starting to get a little deeper. Uh, people are starting to expect a little bit higher quality, especially if it's your second event that you've had to do, your third event that you've had to do. They're going to start mm -hmm. looking toward your production values, looking toward your quality. But it's a fantastic opportunity to not only start a new event, but to completely rethink it. And, you know, you guys touched on, you know, the opportunities of bringing people in uh, from around the world and having so many speakers and presenters, that's one of the opportunities. But the other opportunity is to play with your schedules, you know, rather than, again, trying to bash it all into one day, make it a week long like you guys have done, or make it three Mondays in a row. Make it four Mondays in a row. It doesn't have to be all together. We're no longer bound by time and space. And so by working with your attendees, and this is something I can talk more on in the next section, by, you know, by working with your attendees, working with your stakeholders, really communicating with them, not just sending out a survey, but like literally mm. getting on the phone, getting on video chats and talking with your attendees, finding out what's important to them. You know, what do their schedules look like these days? Um, you know, doctors, uh, dentists, medical personnel, they're schedules are very different than yours or mine are. And so they, you know, might not be able to take a week off, but they might be able to take three Mondays off. And ah. if they are going to take three Mondays off, they need to know that six months in advance because of the mm. way, you know, scheduling goes out. So, you know, you're thinking about going to your doctor, you know, once a year or twice a year, that's always done at least six months in advance. And so you have to keep these things in mind with your stakeholders that you can play, they're no longer bound by this. We got to pack a conference into three days thing. So mm -hmm. there's a, it's a tremendous opportunity to break the mold, to, to try new formats, to do more panels and interviews and less, I am a presenter with my PowerPoint. Like I said at the beginning, <laughs> you know, make people happy, make people happy about the fact that you don't have slides, you know, and talk to the people and network and engage and, and all of this stuff. It's a tremendous opportunity. 
I, w- I want to jump in and uh, give some love to Ellen uh, in the audience as well, who says that the, str- the exhibitors are still struggling, especially because people dodge in and out of a virtual event. And, you know, that maybe these don't these virtual platforms don't have the similar engagement as exhibitors as live events. And like, I think there's just so much more potential to continue to grow from this and evolve and change uh, as well. So, um, you know, Yin's also saying to add to the exhibitor thing, any key tips on getting them to buy into the virtual realm and uh, seconding, how do we get them to visit the stands and all those things like that. I'm, I'm, I, I think there's, that could be a whole talk on its own. And I think we only have a couple minutes left in our session. Normally Brent and I would just continue talking forever and ever. Um, but I think that's a great <laughs> question that you guys asked that we'll definitely answer in the podcast for you guys to check out as well. So I'll drop a link in the, in the chat for you guys to become subscribers and hopefully uh, we'll answer your guys' questions there. I should point out something that one of our own exhibitors uh, said. Um, again, we, we, we invited Shane Lewis from a company called Venue IQ on um, just for five minutes, about uh, four, you know, just before you guys came on air, um, and he said that you know they worked very hard last week and the week before to take advantage of all of the profiles um, that we were given and make sure that they were fully populated. You know, all the right links were in there, that all their photos were updated, their logos, anything that they could put something into about their business was there and they also took advantage of setting up some meetings and things using the platforms that we were given them last week so that when the event started on Monday he wasn't come into it completely cold and just expecting to have business and I think we've been trying to push exhibitors and visitors to do that for years in physical events and I think more than ever it's really important that exhibitors certainly take those opportunities in advance because that's ultimately the only way that they're going to get something out of the virtual exhibition zone. Amen brother. I mean it's 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 you know the the with the tip that I'll throw in just to 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 help kind of top this off is is again it's that communication with the stakeholders is they need to be involved in the process where I've seen it fail the hardest. Uh, when it comes to exhibitors are are the ones where, you know, the, the planner just goes out and, you know, buys one of the platforms that does online events and then go, tries to do their usual like gold, silver, you know, package and whatever and say, and to say, here's what we're providing. Do you want to buy it or not? And, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, but by involving them and, and keeping them active and, and it's saying, okay, guys, you know, this, the, the way that this is going to work, the way that you're going to get out of this is, you know, by filling out your profile completely, by putting up videos, by being there live, by, you know, all of these things. It's, it's, it's so funny because a lot of the same problems that we have with our in-person events are just magnified in this world. It's like the presentation thing, right? We, we've been talking about death by PowerPoint for years. Um, yeah. And it's even worse here. I think it's the same thing with the exhibitors, that there was always that breed of exhibitor that all they want to do is show up with their tchotchkes and say, do you want a squishy ball? Do you want a squishy ball? <laughs> You want a squishy ball? No, to everybody that walks by. And surprise, surprise, those people don't do very well at exhibits. They feel like they have to go there because it's part of the industry. And those that are active, that are, you know, have things to do in their in their booths and games and interactivity and exciting people, Bible content. <laughs> you know, actively, you know, exciting content, you know, the, those people are going to thrive and those people are going to survive. But it all goes back to those, those, those communications early on. What do you need to get out of this and how can we help you get what you need out of this? It goes a long way in the exhibitor conversation. 
Mm. Something I was, we, we had a guy called Kevin Smith on earlier on um, from SBC, big uh, game, gaming organization. You guys uh, obviously know them and Brant, you're nodding away. And, and one of the things that we were talking about was the, the idea of gamification. Loads of people have pushed this as a means to, to, to promote engagement, particularly in trade shows. Um, and this idea of rewards by exhibiting people's booths or their stands. And, and I think we both agreed that in the digital realm, that could still work, but the real issue could be is if you promote gamification where people have only got to visit a page on a website and click you, then you're going to end up with really sort of false analytical data as to who actually responded to your um, to your product within that particular exhibition zone. Um, yeah, Will. I was going to say, I, I think it relates to a lot of these, like in the beginning days of social media, people were like, hey, like my page um, and we'll, you'll be entered to win this or like this post. And you get like, what we realized is that, you know, I'll even use Endless as an example. When we were back when our company was first starting, we, our, web, our Facebook page blew up. We like, you know, we have 20,000 likes on our Facebook page. It's huge. But I'll tell you, that was back when we were doing a different audience and we were just saying, hey, like our page to get your photos. And we built our audience and engagement went down insanely because we were, we were focusing on the wrong metrics and the wrong things rather than, you know, meetings booked and things like that you would have on an exhibitor. You're instead focusing on, oh, page views. Well, page views are cool and all, but really it's about that deeper engagement, right? Mm, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm looking at the time, guys, and I've sort of, I, I feel like I have sort of semi-gate crashed, but I wanted to be able to speak to <laughs> you. That the, the, but I wanted, before, uh, we are slightly over time, but hey, you know, this is day five. Um, Brand, I don't think the next. Me, I don't think the next presenter is going to get too upset about that. So I think no, you're, you're fine. Is, for everyone who's listening to the podcast, Brand is, is the next speaker, by the way. <laughs> yeah, he's he's fine. We've got no problem. He's here already. No, you, you reminded me something, and I have to throw this in because I've not had any rock and roll references this week. But of Keith Richards, mm. a big big hero of mine, Keith Richards from the Rolling Stones, who I read a great sort of quote from him a few years ago where he said. He's never, ever had a real job, so he has no idea what it means to abide by day, after, morning, afternoon, and evening. He has no concept of the, the traditional sort of time zone thing of getting up in the morning, having breakfast, having a meal in the middle of the day, coming home, having dinner, sitting down and watching some TV in the evening. He has absolutely no concept of that. And his attitude is if he's hungry, he eats. If he's tired, he sleeps. Other than that, he plays music. He does what he likes to do. And I've realized that this last week that the virtual events world is very much like Keith Richards' attitude to life. You know, we're going to have to be prepared to adapt to how people want to interact with content. You know, it's no longer about Tuesday to Thursday, nine until five. That's our trade show. It's going to have to change a bit beyond there. I love that. I feel that was like a great way to end an episode right Amen. there, I think. Well, and you guys are more than welcome <laughs> to hang. I mean, I, I, I constantly feel that uh, a discussion is more interesting than a presentation. And, uh, you know, I so you guys are more than welcome to hang. I am not going to be like, oh, I need to give my presentation. Uh, it's my, that's my that's my robot move apparently today. Uh, so it's so, you know, uh, what we can what I would suggest that we do, guys, if you're up for it is, you know, let me uh, prattle on for, you know, a few minutes here just to kind of set up a discussion 
discussion um, about, you know, about the, the topic of us, you know, kind of being in the, the 2030, that welcome to 2030. Um, uh, so if, if you guys are up for that, uh, that's what I'd, I'd love to do. Yeah, sure, sure. I'm just, I'm just getting some, some words in my ear from our executive yeah. producer. But hey, guys, ca- carry on, you know, brand, we should point out, I'll take this opportunity, brand, while you're yeah. setting that up to say that brand Kruger is our next speaker on uh, the, the, the program today. And so why disappear out of this one and then come back into it? So Brand, if you want to set up, set that up, I, I don't have an issue with that at all. I think we can keep rolling here. And unless I see a message on my uh, display here or anything in my ear to say otherwise, I think, um, I think we're good to keep rolling, Brand. So yeah. Okay. Will, are you going to stick around? I love it. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna let somebody know that I'm not coming to the meeting, and <laughs> then I'm gonna. I'll, I'll still be here. So um, sounds yeah, good, yeah. guys. And we, and we, I'm. Da- I'm down as long as Brant will uh, welcome me, uh, and I'll be honored to hang out on the stage with him. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, right. so, so I mean, one of. I'm just good. So, so I am just getting a message in my ear, guys. That that we will need to just step out of this one just for a couple of technical reasons and where your program to be on in terms of stages brand we're going to step out of this one just for uh, a few minutes but i would say to everybody that's watching this at the moment stick around because literally we're going to have to take a couple of minutes break just to switch things around from a, a technical point of view at our end to make sure that brand is in the right place and where you need to be and for everybody that's pre-registered to attend and watch your session brand it's really important that that all lines up with the guys that are pre-registered we're going to take a very short break um, but stick around and we'll be back with brand Kruger maybe even will Curran maybe even me but certainly with brand in just a few minutes time let's go to a short break Ventec out Ventec out <laughs> thanks again for listening to the event tech podcast be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app also be sure to head to eventtechpodcast.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode we'll see you next week on the event tech podcast <laughs>